last summer in celebration of my brother-in-law's 40th trip around the sun. A few of his closest friends and I ventured out into the Cirque of the Towers in Wyoming's Wind River Range. Our goal was to climb the granite face of a mountain called Pingora. From our campsite in the valley below, we could see the defining features of this climb, all of the exposed rock that dropped thousands of feet straight down. As we set up our tent on our first night in the Cirque, we watched other climbers descending the stretch called the K-Crack, which is named after the shape a series of fissures in the crack of this granite face make. It was hard to imagine what it would be like to cling to that rock as the wind that named the mountains threatened to fling you from the edge. Two days later, I would find out. As is common in mountain climbs, we started off from camp in the pre-dawn darkness. After crossing a snow field patched with boulders and scurrying up the base of the mountain, we came to the spot where we could no longer hike. We took off our packs, piled any gear that was not essential, and forced our feet into those tiny climbing shoes. Over the next two hours, we spoke little. The climbing was Beautiful, great holds and cracks, as well as a view of glacial valleys akin to Yosemite. But the incline was consequential. <laughs> Amidst the fear and work, there was a moment of intense beauty right in one of the little cracks I was climbing here, thousands of feet up. There was this tiny purple flower. And something about that flower, I don't know what, but felt like the presence of my family. I can't explain it, but it is true. The rest of the climb was incredible. And as we rested at the top, a flock of seven white pelicans flew directly overhead, about 12 feet above us. Just absolutely incredible. Their ease and their grace as they came over was awe-inspiring. Absolutely incredible. Hours later, when we reached the bottom of the mountain, I looked at the faces of the people with me, and they were radiant. When we gathered around the camp stove to cook a victory feast, I admired the change that had come. We were the same people, but more so. One day on a mountain, had transformed us, transfigured us. Today we celebrate the Transfiguration, that ancient mountain climb in which Peter, James, and John got a glimpse of the glory of Christ's divinity. Jesus, friend of the fisherman, country healer, teacher of the lost, was transfigured. It was a heightening of his physical appearance, a moment of revelation. I love how Transfiguration Sunday comes at the very end of the season of, of Epiphany. It's so fitting. In Epiphany, we celebrate the seeing of God through Jesus. And today, we get the zenith 
of Revelation. Jesus on a mountain with the voice of God and the presence of Moses and Elijah. For folks out there wondering, who is this guy? Matthew lets the cat out of the bag. This guy is the son of God. He's not just a nice guy. This is God with us. Biblical scholar and theologian Rolf Jacobson points out that at both ends of Lent, we encounter Jesus on a mountain. He says, in this mountain, we see the Jesus we want. This is the mountain we're at today. The Jesus we want. Jesus who is revealed in glory. There's no doubt here, no splitting hairs. For all those people who have struggled to understand who Jesus was, this is the moment of clarity. Wouldn't you have liked to be there? The other mountain, the mountain at the end of Lent, is the Jesus we get. A man who was beaten and killed at the hands of empire. A man who gave all that he had to transform the world. For now, here we are with the Jesus we want. He and his buddies are there, some new friends, some old friends. It's got Moses and Elijah. These are the OGs. They represent the law and the prophets. This week I was, uh, I was reading, Henry wanted me to read from, uh, my three-year-old son wanted me to read from, uh, from this, the Desmond Tutu's children's Bible. And uh, so we're going through and uh, we're reading about Moses. And I think the story is just so amazing. You, you know, we, I, I think I get locked into this Moses, the Moses is on the mountain, but I'm forgetting about the baby Moses who was born into this horrible situation, cast off by his parents into uh, the river. I mean, could you imagine doing this with your children? Oh. But that's Moses. Moses, the baby in reeds. Moses, the murderer in exile, the prophet, the leader, the mountain climber, the law giver. And then there's Elijah, who saw God in the silence outside a mountain cave and became a revolutionary prophet, the law and the prophets. But this image at the transfiguration is the fulfillment of a very specific prophecy. The book of Malachi, which marks the end of the book of prophets, the the books of prophets in the Bible. It comes from there, and it comes from the very end of Malachi, so the end of what would have been the Bible for a whole long period of time. Chapter 4 describes the great day of the Lord, the coming of God among us. It says, See, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and evildoers will be stubble. That sounds good. (laughs) But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing on its wings. Keep going. I like this. But here's the kicker. Remember the teaching of my servant Moses, the statues and ordinances that I commanded him at Horab, a.k.a. Mount Sinai, for all of Israel. Lo, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of children to their parents. 
love that. He will turn the hearts of parents to their children and children to their parents. Yes, it sounds nice. Those of you with children, would that your children listen to you. Would that their hearts were always turned to you the way that they were in those cute baby days when you were their all in all. We are all children of someone. We owe our lives to someone. I know that gets complicated. I know that not all parents live into the responsibility of caring for human beings with their whole lives. Ultimately, they, we, are all children of God. This is my son, whom I love. That phrase we get today, repeated. We had it in baptism, now we have it again. It's the language of baptism, the words of affirmation spoken to each and every child of God. And in Matthew, those words are specific. They turn our gaze to Jesus. They are a signpost saying, this way, this is what you need, this is how you can be, this is how to hope, this is the way to liberation, this is the love that knows no limits. As a parent, there are plenty of days when I get frustrated. There are those times when the child is throwing a tantrum, kicking and yelling, or maybe lying face down on the floor of a big five. Never happened to me. (laughs) There are those moments when a child breaks a a vase you love or splashes you with water. (laughs) Like mine did last night. Uh, there are those moments of the day when I look up to the clock to see how long it is until bedtime. (laughs) Like Peter, I am often so caught up with what I have to do that I miss the glory before me. Notice, Peter's like, I gotta do something here. We gotta do something. Amidst all of that, there are moments when the beauty of the entire universe over all eternity seems wrapped up in the child before me. For me, those are the times when I go upstairs to comfort my one-year-old when he cries out in his sleep. I pick him up from his crib and he clings to my shoulders with his head resting on my chest. Those are the moments when we are watching a movie and Henry, without turning his head from the screen, reaches out his hand grabs mine and says, I love you, Daddy. (laughs) Those moments, they can come completely out of the blue, right? The other day, Henry had to pee. um, And as children of his age do, you know, that means I need to get, I am going with him. Um, So we walked into the bathroom and he stood up on on his little stool that gets him to the height that he can pee. And... um, It was the first sunny day of what felt like months of rain. Actually, yes, it was months of rain. As he stepped onto his stool, the sun came beaming down through the window and lit up his beautiful little face, his skin, and went shining through his flocks and hair. It shook me from my parental stupor. It reminded me of the absolutely precious gift of his life and of life itself. He 
was transfigured. I was transformed. Renewed by the eternal love that spoke those words on the mountain so many years ago. This is my son. The one I love. Listen to him. That is our calling. To listen to the voice of love. To turn the hearts of parents to their children and children to their parents. We stand at the base of a large mountain. Over the next 40 days, we will climb. And as you climb, listen for the voice of love and remember the transformative love of Jesus is with you. Amen.